and the people who were the cleaning company that were, you know, all these sorts of peripheral businesses mm-hmm. were, were saying, how are you quitting work now? I, I don't understand. I wasn't 50 at the time, like, you know, and I said, well, I've still, you know, I still trade. And, um, I, you know, I told a couple of people along the way that I've been trading and I make more from that than I do from this. So I'd not really long left work. And I had knocks on the door. There's the lad who trade lives here and stuff like that. I had a, oh, wow. particularly a neighbor I was talking to. He's a soldier. And that's where the two soldiers first came from. Literally knocked on the door and asked my wife, does the lad who trades live here? <laughs> and uh, and she brought them out to the office. Oh, and wow. they're the guys who first ran the gate system. I taught them it. I, they said they were starting with small money and what could they do with it? And I didn't know they were starting with 50 bucks, but that's what they started with, 50 bucks each. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on, or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shifted perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. We are here with an awesome interview, um, someone who has also had a bit of an influence on my trading. Um, This guy, very, very stoked that he's here with me today. He was an accountant for years um, until in 2004, he stumbled onto a little ad in a magazine, which kind of changed his life a little bit in the world of trading. I think it was spread bet that influenced him to put $50 on some oil and that in his first trade, turned into $5,000. So naturally, uh, he wanted to figure out how he could do that again and again and figure out the tricks of the trades and the secrets. Uh, He picked it up pretty quickly and in 2005, bought the company that he was actually working for, for multiple seven figures, um, which is very impressive. Then in 2008, I believe when everyone was freaking out about the Great Recession and everyone was going into panic, this man did the opposite because he had the knowledge and the skills and he actually bought a block of land and built a three-story factory on top of it. Um, and yeah, absolutely made that work for him with borrowing little money from the banks because, well, the banks pretty much had no money to lend, but he was all right with it. Um, you know, he's been trading since 2000, he's been teaching trading since 2014. So almost 10 years of teaching under his belt, an incredible educator. He's actually credited to, I'm not sure if he's aware of this, but credited to the inspiration for my very first trading plan, which if you're a trader, you'll know is a very important step and a very crucial element to your success in trading. Uh, he counts cards. He's been a co-author with, um, no, sorry, he's been written his own multiple books, shall I say, all about mindset. He loves risk management and awesome gates system for compounding um, finances in both business and in trading, which I cannot wait to get stuck into in a little bit. But before we get into all that good stuff, James, Leon, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? All good. Thank you. No worries. And thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. So before we get into um, some of the awesome tips that you've got in, in business and compounding, 
Tell us a little bit about young James. What what was young James like? I'm sure going into, you know, teenage years and onwards, he wasn't really ready for trading millions of dollars. What was your... Are you sure you want that? That's They're not good stories, you know. Are you sure you want that far back? <laughs> yeah, give us what you got. Let's see, let's see the transformation. You know, okay. Um, <laughs> I like to get right, right down well, to it. I was born in 1964 to parents that didn't want kids. I was the right. younger of two. And my sister raised me as far as I remember until she was about uh, 14 or 15. And then she ran away from home, leaving me at home at about eight or nine. And it was um, a couple of years after that that I was taken by a foster family, literally taken off the street by a foster family who who I think turned my life around. Without them, them. I would probably be on drugs, in prison, um, a waster. I would definitely be a waster. I grew up in Liverpool. What else, you know? (laughs) Um, That's it. But I got great advice and great guidance from my foster family. They're wonderful people. They're still alive to this day. And I love them very, very much. They've, you know, awesome. guided me loads. I really appreciate them. Their, their, their own children are my sisters and brothers. I've still got my real sister, and we do keep in touch. But the family means loads to me. That's awesome. Um, once I started working, I took my mum's advice, my foster mum's advice, and she said, "Chase the money, lad." And <laughs> um, I caught it. But I told her I was getting into trading. And even she said, oh, you're mad, because I told her I was going to get out the company. I'm leaving it. It's, you know, uh, I put on the bad side. It's 50, 60 hours a week in your own business. You know, I'm here. I'm away from home. And but it's your own business and you get this and you give yourself. And she gave me all the benefits. And I said, yes, but in 15 minutes, looking at a chart, I will make a week's wages or the equivalent of what I pay myself in a week. Yeah. And she sat and looked at me and she said, are you sure about <laughs> this, lad? And I said, yeah, you told me to chase the money. I'm and chasing said, it. <laughs> All right, well, I, I can't argue with that then. And she didn't hold me back. You know, it was, I've been here since. Lovely. So she had all the support. I think that's amazing when you get that kind of support from family. I mean, my <clears throat> my family situation's nowhere near the, the same, but my mom raised me on her own for a year and a bit. And then I had a lovely stepdad who raised me as my father. He is my father today. And they're both very supportive. So I did the engineering thing, you know, went in, got my six months yeah. degree. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to pack everything up and travel the world and figure out how to make money in a different way. And they were like, are you sure you want to do that? Maybe stick it out for a couple of years. And I was like, nope, I want to go live. And so they did. And they supported me. God bless them. And I think yeah. that in itself is half the reason why I'm able to get to the point I am today and continue to chase I'd suggest the other half is that you're an engineer. I always find that engineers, techies, computer engineers, computer technicians, they're the guys that break the mold in terms of, usually when I'm teaching someone, I see this learning curve and it's a price curve. The value of their account comes down, 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 mm-hmm. usually by about 50 or 60%, and then it starts to take off. Now, this one computer techie I taught, he had a 10 grand demo account. It dropped to 9,700. And then within a week, it was 27,000 or something. And I said, what are you doing different? And he said, no, you showed me a pattern. I followed a pattern. Yeah, that's that discipline. That's amazing. I think it's the tech as well. You know, they understand there is a process. I must just run the process. Yeah, well, I wish my story was as as quick and successful as that one. <laughs> I mean, I've got maybe the tech brain, but it hasn't been quite as smooth sailing as that. But, you know, always learning, always moving forward. Yeah. So you did accounting for many years. And yeah. then tell us I about did. the lovely advert that you found. 
yeah, it was random. I was um, on an airplane, uh, probably Ryanair, but I was heading <laughs> to the UK. And in the back of the, you know, the seat pocket, there was this yeah, it was yeah. a magazine called Shares, still available, Shares it was called. And in it, there's an article written by um, Simon, I've forgotten his surname for the moment, but he's the chartist in the in the Shares magazine. And it was all about, look at this chart. This is why oil will go to $100 a barrel. It's at $77 a barrel now. And I'm reading it thinking, oh, whoop de sodden do. And there's me with a Jaguar at home. And, and yeah, I need a fuel truck following me around before long, won't I? $100 a barrel. But his logic was take a 205 litre barrel and pour a litre of water into it that you've bought from Asda, Tesco, Walmart, wherever. And then tell me how much it costs you to fill that barrel. Then tell me oil is expensive at $100 a barrel. And I thought, hmm, that makes sense. <laughs> In the same magazine were articles about spread betting, and it was all no tax. Of course, in Great Britain and in Ireland, there is no tax on spread betting. So I thought, I like that idea. I really <laughs> like that. I want some of that. Yeah. So uh, this was a random Thursday, and on the random Monday after, I opened an account with no knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> And it said, we recommend you'd open an account with 5,000 bucks. So I thought, okay, boom, credit card, 5,000 bucks. And then uh, with, again, stupidly with no knowledge, 50 euro, buy, bang. And I hit the button. And then I thought, I don't want to know if it wins or loses. And I logged out. I shut yeah. it down and I went for lunch. I thought I might lose 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. I thought I might win 50 bucks. This will be a laugh. I'll yeah. see. And then I came back after lunch and I did a bit of work and I sent a memo. I don't know. I forget. But it was some like two and a half hours since I placed the trade. And I thought, I wonder, did I make that 50 bucks or am I down 50 bucks? And I logged in and the account balance was over 10,000 bucks. <laughs> what? Yeah. And and to say, I, I like to use polite words, but it's very difficult right. to, how do you say, oh, okay, yeah, I soiled myself. I didn't, but <laughs> I wanted to. Holy like, shit, how do I get out of this now? What have I done? And I panicked quite a lot, and I closed the trade. Now, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. I should have just locked in and let it run, but I didn't know then. I knew none of that then. After I'd closed the trade and my heart rate had dropped down a bit and I'd had another <laughs> couple of cups of coffee, yeah. I began thinking to myself, what did I do? How did I do it? And can I do it again? That's yeah. the more important question. Can I repeat that process? Because for me back then, 5,000 bucks was more than one month's salary. And I'd yeah, done right. it in two and a bit hours. Like, so it's not bad. I know I want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, I like that feeling. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I knew I had to get smart. So I subscribed immediately to that magazine and I read it cover to cover and I read everything about charts and I went on to, you know, we had the internet back then. So I was looking on that. Um, I'm very fortunate that I grew up in Liverpool because we, we're very, um, we're allergic to scams, if you like, <laughs> and there's so many out there. That's why I began teaching, literally yep. because of the scams out there. So I wanted to, people to be able to pay one fee, learn the stuff, and get what they need. And then if they need something else, not have the upsell hell of, oh, didn't that work? For only another X amount of dollars, uh, something else. Just, well, you're in the group. What do you need? Why isn't yeah. that working for? Mentorship, you know? Mm -hmm. That's so, super important. 
that that's what I thought was a different, a better approach to doing it all. And I'd like to think I've helped and to to eliminate that level of scare. I'd like to think I don't know if I have, but certainly I don't get any negative feedback on on anywhere generally so far. And the last of the greatest trades I called, if you're watching GU at all, back on the twenty second of June, and mm-hmm. it's proved. I've got a video of it. If we go above 128.50 on the GU, we'll go on to 132 and then 137. As at now, it's 131.20. So we're well on the way. I wasn't wrong. And I haven't been wrong in any of those major calls. Touch loads of wood now. (laughs) I haven't haven't been wrong in any of those major calls. But that's because I got smart with the chart. I think that... I keep looking over there because that's where my chart is. That's that's, um, that You know, the chartist made an impression on me and mm-hmm. I thought he's using a chart to get that information that price is there and that's where it's going and yeah. if you bet on it spread betting is that 77.00 dollars to 100 dollars isn't just 23 pips it's 2300 pips mm-hmm. and you, what it's a lot oh <laughs> it's a lot. lot of money you yeah. know it's a very very lot of money so it, it woke me up a lot. I learned loads from that. The charts, the chartist article. I'm so glad that that was my introduction to trading because I'm a chartist now. Paying I think if well. I met that man, I'd buy him several beers, shake his hand and share secrets with him. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, hopefully one day you will. You never know. You never know. You <laughs> never know. I did meet other of my heroes. I met um, Claude Littner and Baroness Brady from The Apprentice. Oh, I met nice. Them. In the in London at an airport, and I got a selfie with them and everything. I've made my day. That lovely, isn't it? Awesome. Going back to you know, you're saying uh, hopefully I've made a difference to some people, but I can guarantee you have. I've been on your your calls, um, you know, unbeknownst to you back in the day of IM, and you know, it's definitely had an impact. Like I said, you you come helped me with my first trading plan, which has now evolved, but that was the start of it. And so I think sometimes you have that, like you've got your idols that you've looked up to, but then you will be someone else's idol. Like even for me, having you on this podcast is a bit like, oh, look, I get to meet someone who's had an impact on my life. So you never really know where that chain comes. So, you know, it's definitely had an impact. That's for sure. Thanks very much. Paying it forward is what it's about. Nice Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's kind of my approach is I want to just I always say you have to be one arm up, one arm down. You only need to be better by a little bit and just help one person come up and just reach up yeah. to one mentor and try and grab, you know, a little bit of information that you can. And so this is why I've come up with this podcast to try and reach up to people like yourself who've got that skill level and that mindset and just hand it out to the people that are just that one level below me and kind of share, you know, as you say, paying that information forward. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. So 2004, you picked up this magazine yeah. and it was only by 2005, a year later, that you were buying out your company, the company that you worked for through your trading. So tell us a little bit about how, like, because that would have involved learning the skill, putting money in and growing an account to a substantial amount that you could pay for that. That's a very quick time frame, you know, 2004 to 2005. Can you talk yeah. us a little bit through that and kind of what your mindset was? And I'm not well, sure since what. Since then, I've developed the Gates system and the Gates system this. allows you to measure and manage your lot size. I didn't have that back then. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. So I went in straight away at 50 bucks a pip. And then the very next trade I took, it was some days later, but I'd read more and I I didn't reduce the stake. I went again 50 and then I scaled in. And I'm absolutely going to be honest with you. In my first year, I made more than 1.2 million from my trading. And if you Google it, there's a company called World Spreads. They went bankrupt. Yeah, that was me. 
<laughs> that was you. I did that. I grew, <laughs> I bankrupted. Well, I think I did. I certainly had a hand in it because they paid for me to buy that company. What happened yeah. is they they gave me uh, this deal. They said, if you open a platinum account, we know you're a trader. We'll give you a zero pip spread. Oh. I knew what that meant by then. Yeah. So I said, wait, what? A zero pip spread. Would you give me that all day? All day across the board. What? On every market? Like Dow? Nas? <laughs> You'll give me a zero pip spread. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you got to put 5,000 bucks in. 5,000 bucks. Nope. There you go. Boom, an account. Oh, my word. I fleeced <laughs> them. Absolutely fleeced them. And why not? You know, yeah, I took some losses. Yeah. But I'm a coward. I'm an absolute coward. So my losses were small. And That's then it. when it started to run, I know how to move a stop loss up. Let it go. Boom. Yeah. I know how to scale in and scale in and let it run. And that's nice. what I was doing. That's the reality. Now, if I was starting now, I'd want someone like me to show the gate system whereby you can start with like 50 pence or 50 cents and then mm -hmm. go to a euro or a dollar and then two and four and six and so on and increase it gradually and with, you know, halve it if you get one wrong to keep you safe. I had no safety net back then. Yeah. But um, I didn't know enough, and that's the honest truth. By 2005, when I bought the company, my learning curve was just ballistic. I Imagine. knew so much. I think I've forgotten more than I ever know now. Um, yeah. but, but now I've tweaked it so much that it's just, well, there it is. You're going? Okay. Does that agree with that? Well, you're off then and all. And, nice um, and simple. It, it is. It's very simple now. It's a lot more simple. And the stakes, because of the gate system, it's safe as well as simple. And um, and the other the other aspect of it, I take responsibility every time I sit down at the charts. And one of the mantras I live by, and it's written in one of my books, I think, if you in Trading Code One, it yeah. says, "I alone make this decision." And the decision was to quit my job, sell the company, and be a trader. I alone make this decision. If there's a price to pay and I'm wrong, then the price is mine alone to pay. Yeah, I, I accepted love that. that responsibility. And even now, just saying the words, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Because it's the truth. But like own that responsibility. And with it comes great power because now you're in control. You're in control of you. You're in control of everything. What time do you want to get up? What time do you want to go to bed? What time do you want to work? What time do you want to play? It's you, your choice, only your. And it's so fantastic. Yeah, I love that. I was reading your book um, just this morning. I've kind of gotten about two thirds of the way through. But when I read that line, one of my questions to most of my guests is, did you have a mantra that helped you through these things? And I read that and it gave me chills because I often talk about two things. One, fully accepting the risk. Like people jump into trades, not really realizing that they're risking actual dollars. And I think it's it's sort of in the background. And so I say, bring it to the forefront of the mind and fully accept that risk. But once you fully accept that risk, take responsibility as well. So yeah. when you take responsibility, A, that takes courage to do, to take full responsibility, but then it gives you the freedom of choice and that confidence that everything that you do is your choice, like you were saying. And if you fully accept the risk, then every decision you make is 100% yours and you've only got yourself to blame. And that makes you learn really fast, but then also makes you feel really good when those choices end up coming out on top and you end up going like, yes, I did this because I decided to do it. And so it hit me pretty strong when I saw that mantra. So I wanted to get to that, but you brought it straight up. And I think it's a yeah. great one. Well, it does mean a lot to me. I uh, I still live by that. Everything I do in my life, you know, I make the decisions. And I keep saying to people, we can't control the markets, but mm -hmm. we can control how we react to them. 
I watch yeah, these I YouTube that. videos. I'm a bugger for watching YouTube videos where there's people and they road rage. That's it's a thing in trading as well, you know. Or you know, you're in a queue in a shop somewhere and there's a fight and there's a fight over racism. And there's a fight over something. And I think you've got to take responsibility for those mm-hmm. actions. You know, a friend of mine was talking. He was in Germany. And he didn't know it was a thing, but he left a coffee cup on the table in a cafe thinking, well, the waitress will come and get that because yeah. that's what they do in Ireland. I and the German mistake. man stood up and barked at him <laughs> and, oh, and he didn't know what was going on. And he said, I thought he was going to hit me. And I thought about hitting him, but I thought, you know, you never know. You get some of these stabby buggers sometimes. <laughs> so I put my hands up and I said, no understand, but problem and he picked the cup up he said i took it and okay and then this guy calmed down the guy didn't have to get so shirty about no. it and they like that know, yeah. <laughs> how we react is a big thing when when anyone offers me road rage for anything whatsoever you know usually here in ireland people don't bother with stop streets i stop at a stop street but they come right out and then they don't go anywhere so you find yourself on their bumper because you've been standing on the anchors for a minute, but you're still right there because they didn't pay any mind to you. Then yeah. they look at you and, oh, you're so close to me. And I point at the dash cam. <laughs> it's all here, mate. It's all That's here. It. Right there. You say what you like. We go to guards if you want. We don't have police. We have guards. Yeah, right. Um, nice. And then they usually just, you know, off you pop and that's fine. But I don't do road rage. I don't do aggression or emotion with the charts. Um, perfect. When my wife's shouting at me, I just, okay. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that takes a bit of uh, discipline and control to get to that stage, but it's super powerful. And I talk about this two dart theory um, a little bit on this show. And it's basically shit happens. You know, anything can happen. Yeah. Like you enter a trade, it goes against you, whatever. That's the first dart. But the second, third, fourth, fifth dart that you get hit by is all up because of you. It's your responsibility. It's your reaction. And anything can happen in life. But how we respond to what happens, that's who makes us. That's what defines who we are as a person. Because same situation, something can happen. You choose to respond in one way. Someone else chooses to respond in the other way. It's like that great little, I would say fable, but the story of the um, the twins who had the alcoholic father. And one became a CEO and one became a homeless man. And went up yeah. to the homeless guy and said, why are you the way you are? And he said, my father. And then the CEO asked the same question. He says, well, my father. And so they've taken the same situation. One's used it as fuel. One's used it as an excuse. So Yeah, I think that's what I did because I was never overly proud of my dad. He, he drank far too much and he never paid us any mind whatsoever, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've heard a saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm-hmm. I said, well, this one did. It probably landed on a hill, still rolling. <laughs> nice and this has been picked and shipped off to the other side of the yeah, world right yeah still going good on you that's awesome <laughs> now i want to get into the gate system i really would love you to walk us through this gate system because i think it's fascinating and i think it's really important for a lot of people to get their mind around both in business and in trading uh it kind of works on that compound effect which i think is really important but before we get there 2005 you shot right up to seven figures 1.2 million and then bought out your company what was your feeling when you did that? Because this is the kind of thing that I want to impart on lots of these traders, that the thing about trading is you're chasing money initially, but money doesn't do squat if it's sitting in the corner, right? You kind of utilize it to do things. And I think when we can grasp an emotion to what we're spending our money on or the, the achievements that we make with the money, that can really help keep motivated, especially for some of them it's taking a little longer to learn or you're really struggling and you're like, oh, is this really worth it? If we can associate ourselves with the emotions behind that achievement of what we're looking to to strive for. So what was it like for you when you bought your company? How was that feeling? Was it a bit, 
you know, must have been pretty proud. At the time, it was great. I'm yeah. going to tell you, honestly, it was the wrong thing to do. But uh, at the time, it was great. I own the company now. I'm the CEO. <laughs> I'm the this. I'm the that. I'm the big cheese. Yeah. And I own it all. And it's all mine. And you all work for me. And for about 10 minutes there, it was great. And then you realize, yeah, it's yours now. You're responsible for the taxes, the insurance, the, the payroll, the people, the oh, wow. the insurance and the health and welfare and safety of those people who work for you. All of that responsibility is suddenly right here and you do feel it. <laughs> you do. So you go from being a, an employee clocking in and doing 40 hours to being an owner there before everyone, there after everyone. You're now looking at a 50 or 60 hour week. And okay, it's great. And I still built it and built a new factory. I thought this one's old, it's not mine. We've rented it. That one's going to be mine. And it is a big step up. At least mm-hmm. I'll have, and I did have a nice big office in the in the sky and all that. That was all pretty. But I still was thinking 50, 60 hour week, and I'm making the same money in 15 minutes as a, yeah. a month's way. What am you know? And after a while, I started looking for an exit and I built an exit route and made an exit plan. And I took the exit strategy in 12. I got out of it and um, I, I couldn't have been happier with that. And my hours went down to like six hours a week. I still <laughs> do maybe nine, perhaps 12. On a busy week, I'll do 12 hours. But oh, it's boy. largely one-to-ones <laughs> with someone who needs stuff or it's the sessions, you know, for for, for live trades and stuff like that. But 12 hours a week over three days. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad life. The weekend is always Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Always. No exceptions. So I like that. Yeah, four-day weekend's great. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I very like that. Um, (laughs) So getting out of the company, it was the right thing to do in the right time. And you were saying about, you know, the money just sits there. Yeah, but it sits there in my account. It's mine. (laughs) And it's there to fall back on on the day I decide I'm not going to work tomorrow or I want that car as well or I want that boat as well or whatever it is I want. Yeah. I'm going to buy it now. Tomorrow, by the way, it's New Gun Day. New Gun Day. Very nice. I I got the license ticket through in the post today and uh, and that's made me day. I'm into, you know, you can see the archery kit and the guns and stuff behind me. Um, I'm I'm very into that. So I spend a fortune on rubbish like that. And if my wife knew how much I pay, you see those arrows? Yeah. Those arrows are £30 a pop. They're traditional medieval broadheads sent over <laughs> nice. to me. Now, nice. if she knew I paid 30 bucks an arrow, she would not <laughs> let me fire them at the range at all, you know. So, of course, I say nothing. But because you're a trader, so what? You, know? you can, you know, that's the thing. But I mean, that's the thing. You have it there because you have the things that you want to spend it on. You know, that's what brings you the pleasure, the toys, the guns, the the boats, yeah. the, the everything else. And I think that's the important part is it's not just money for money. It's money so that you can buy the $30 arrows instead of having the $10 ones. Like my yeah. biological father, he actually likes guns and arrows. And I've met him a handful of times, but, you know, we always get along like a, really well. And I'm really grateful to have that connection. But last time I was there, he lives in New Zealand. I went over and he loves guns and archery. So for two weeks straight, I was shooting guns and firing arrows, and um, get, I mean, I probably lost. Lucky he didn't have thirty dollars arrows. Let's just say that much because I probably lost. It's good a couple. bonding, though. It's good bonding. Yeah. It's good fun. I, I've really been is. teaching all my kids, and uh, even me little, my youngest, she's eight. Well, mm-hmm. she was four, and I put a catapult in her hand. She was <laughs> six, and I there's a little bow over there. I put the little bow in it. Yeah, you can see it. I think. See that little one on the floor there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I put that in her hand when she was six. She's still using it now at nine. 
And, oh, uh, if she gets a little bit bigger and a little bit more interesting, I'll give her a bigger one. Yeah, you're going to have to get that more compression. And, and she has <laughs> fired a gun as well, but don't tell her mum that. <laughs> mum doesn't know. Mum's not going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know, she won't know about this. All right. Let's, um, let's get into this gate system, because if you don't mind sharing that with us, because when you first told me about it, and I always say to people, if you want to really grow your accounts, you've got to learn about compound interest and, you know, do it with safety and always telling people to think about it in percentage rather than dollars and this kind of thing. But you've got a gate system, which really kind of speaks on the same path, but is quite different and really powerful. So if you could share yeah. that with us, that'd be amazing. I would. Can I bring it up on screen if I yeah. join from another machine as well? The gate system is a spreadsheet. I built this in 2015 by request. Now, here's the deal with this. I've made it look, there's, th there's three or four paragraphs. The, that one's in lots, but I'm going to stick with the, the round pounds, oops, sorry, round pounds, euros, or dollars, because it's just easier for the maths on this. Mm -hmm. You can have a starting bank here, $600, 600 euros, 600 pounds, doesn't really matter. Just, you know, it's a number, and it's yep. the number that matters. And then we're at gate zero here. If we want to go to gate one, we have to win 32 pips. If we lose 15 pips, we cannot advance. We stay, we'll have lost. Um, at that rate, we'll have lost $45, let's say, and we have to make that back by reducing that stake until we get back the, the $45. We'll leave it there for the moment and see if we win. doesn't have to be in one trade. So if you have minus five, minus five, you're still in, you're still on gate one. But if you have another minus five, you've lost, it's a problem. You better phone me and tell me what you're doing. If <laughs> you'd have a plus nine, a minus two, a plus eight, a minus six, a plus 17, a uh, plus 12, where are we? 38, boom, you've achieved the necessary value. This is in pips, risk and reward. So if you lose 15 pips, you're knacked, you can't move forward. If you make... 32 pips, a little bit more than double what your risk was, you will win 96 euros, dollars or pounds, obviously a little bit more because you made 38. That means you can move forward to gate two and double your stake. Okay, okay. great. Brilliant. What you'll find is you're risking less than you just made. And if you okay. move forward to gate three, you'll be risking less than you just made. The same at gate four, gate five, gate six, and so on. You're always risking less than you just made. That's the important part. Because after trade number one, and in fairness, if you lose 45 bucks, I'll spend that in a, in a couple of days at Costa and Starbucks and in yeah. on coffee because I like coffee. That's just the way it is. <laughs> If you're getting into trading, you need to be able to say goodbye to 50 bucks. Take mm -hmm. the chance. Take the chance. Throw the dice. We are counting cards, so it isn't that bad. Yeah. Now, here's the beauty of this spreadsheet. Let's assume that after X amount of trades, and maybe it isn't only 10 days or 10 trades, or maybe it takes you, you know, five trades per gate. Maybe. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. A gate is a quantity of pips, not a period of time. You must hit 32 pips or you're not going forward. 31, not enough. 33, okay, you're great, you can go. But you can't put the 30, the, the like these six pips extra, you can't put them towards gate two. You still need 32 pips at least on gate two. That's just extra money that's yours, bonus. Mm -hmm. Now, magically, you've got to gate 10 and you've got 19,672 bucks in your account. 
if you no. lose, you will lose 1500 bucks. Absolutely. But because it's a gate system that's designed to manage your money, it tells you you must have your stake. So you get stoned back to gate five there and your next trade must be at 50 bucks a pip. And if you lose, you will lose 750 bucks. But if you lose, you must go back and halve your stake. So you'll go to 25 bucks a pip, where if you lose, you'll lose 375. And then if you lose, you'll lose 180 and so on and so on. Now you're back to gate one. Or are you? Because you've had one, two, three, four, five, six losses back to back. Normally, I tell my students and disciples and followers, you have three losses back to back. I want to hear from you. By phone, I don't want to text, I don't want an email. I want a phone call and let me know what you've done, why you did it, how you did it, what's gone on, and let's get you back on track. After three losses, now you've had six. But look, you have not gone back one full financial gate. You still have more money than you had at gate nine. That's mm -hmm. how you protect your capital. And then because you're back to trading three bucks a pip, it's plus that, plus 96 if you win, plus that, plus 192 if you win, and so on and so on. So you're working off a higher base, thereby following rule number one, which is protect your capital. It's the absolute top of the world. Rule number one, protect your capital. There's no way the broker's coming back to you at the end of the week. Oh, I'm sorry, James. Did you lose all your money? Can't pay the mortgage. <laughs> Here's some of it back. Don't worry. When you come right, we'll, we'll square up. Not happening. Doesn't happen. Not happening. And you're not going to the bank and they're going to say, oh, yeah, you've got a business plan. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we'll give you money to, to against. No, it's yours. Don't risk it. And if you do, risk it wisely. Count the cards. Use the gates to protect your capital. Nice. So I think that's important that if you if you do have those losses and you go back to gate three, you don't just, oh, I've got this the, the number that fits gate nine, so I'm back to gate nine. You have to start and build it up again. Well, yeah, wherever, wherever you go, let's say you get to gate five and you've got three, six, seven, two, three, mm -hmm. six, seven, two minus uh, 750. Okay, you've got to go back. 375, you've got to go back. You've got to go back. And you've got to go back. Boom, you still got more than you had at gate four. That's true. Works it don't everywhere. matter where it happens. Even if you get it wrong here, you've only lost 90 bucks. You made 96. You're still six bucks up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, so the 15 and 32, 15 risk, 32 reward, is that based because your really tight scalping strategy? Is it, can you alter those numbers or? You could. It depends what you're trading. Obviously, if you're going to trade something like the euro dollar where you're looking for five or 10 pips on a trade, you might want to reduce that to 10, in which case I wouldn't drop that below 25 still. That must always be more than two times that. Mm -hmm. with, with that changing, this has to change. If you grow that, then that has to change. Yeah, that makes sense. But depending and... on the market you're trading, <clears throat> that would be a sensible level for the Dow. Uh, the 15 and the 32 is sensible for the DAX, the NAS, uh, even the FTSE. You could drop mm -hmm. it a bit for the FTSE, but uh, I wouldn't drop it much. I'd probably perhaps go with the 25, sorry, 25, and maybe a 10 or a 12 in there, 12 maximum. Probably a 10 on the footy uh, and euro dollar similarly, you know? Yeah, right. But I try the, I mainly trade the, the Dow, the, the US 30. Um, but even still, I think most of my time, my stop loss is around 20 to 30 points. Maybe uh, it's uh, 
more of an intraday than a scalping because you know 15 points would be one trade for me kind of um i suppose that's just strategy and i'd have to adjust the gates accordingly yeah i think it also depends on your strategy i've got some blind and strategies like that really would um you know it, it beggars belief really when you when you look at what it's capable of giving to you my strategies i'm looking for where i get out from that one uh, stop share there and leave from that one there you go that one's gone. perfect thank you so much that gate system yeah it really does blow my mind and when you look at the numbers so anyone listening on the podcast it may have been hard to visualize that but maybe i don't know do you share that um sheet with you with anyone or is that more of a your oh i do yeah absolutely generally anyone who asks for that gets it free. i think you've got a copy haven't you perfect um I don't think so. You, you gave me one of your books, but I don't think you gave me the gate system. So well, I'll get that. What I'll do right now in our chat. I'm going to drop you a copy in the chat. Oh, brilliant. And you're welcome to share that. Okay. Perfect. So I'll, I'll put that in the description of this podcast. So anyone who is listening can, can get their hands on that and have a look at it visually and, you know, have a play around with it. Cause it really, this is kind of the basis behind that compound interest and that, that exponential growth. And that's really what you want to make it to that seven figure, eight figure trading accounts. If, if you want to grow your, your account substantially um, and safely and safely yes correct correct um so you drop that to facebook or into the the zoom I've dropped it in the facebook chat there perfect well i'll be able to chuck that into the description yeah so guys honestly if you're listening to this the, the gate system like compound interest all this stuff it's going to take you from a steady trader to a very successful trader and i think this is the kind of thing that uh you really need to to wrap your head around and so moving on a little bit you went to 2015 and you bought the company you sold the company in 2012 was that correct yeah yeah and then you went full-time trading and that and were teaching from 2014 yeah well i um i i just went full-time from 2012 and then many of the people that were working if you like in partnership roles you know i like the people who own the insurance company that were my insurance brokers and the people who were the cleaning company that were you know all these sorts of peripheral businesses mm -hmm. were saying how are you quitting work now I, I don't understand i wasn't 50 at the time like you know and i said well i've still you know i still trade and um I, you know, I told a couple of people along the way that I've been trading and I make more from that than I do from this. So I'd not really long left work and I had knocks on the door. Does the lad who trade lives here and stuff like that? I had a, oh, wow. particularly a neighbor I was talking to. He's a soldier. And that's where the two soldiers first came from. Literally knocked on the door and asked my wife, does the lad who trades live here? <laughs> and uh, And she brought them out to the office. Oh, and wow. they're the guys who first ran the gate system. I taught them it. I, they said they were starting with small money and what could they do with it? And I didn't know they were starting with 50 bucks, but that's what they started with, 50 bucks each. And they had could. two laptops uh, with the HDMI cable going into one big TV screen where they had the charts and then they had the broker accounts on each laptop. And it was, if you buy it, I'll buy it. And, you know, they were buying together. So they started off with 50 cents, a euro, two, four, eight, 16, 32. Uh, they got to 64 and got it wrong. So they went 32 again, up to 64 and got it wrong, back to 32, up to 64 and got it wrong. It took them about <laughs> four goals to get past that gate. But in two weeks, they turned 50 euro into 7,700 and something stupid in, oh, wow. uh, in two weeks, literally. So the gates has been massively popular since with everybody I've taught, you know, I, I obviously shared it far and wide once, mm -hmm. uh, once, cause I used to recommend to people that, okay, you need to start with about two and a half thousand. That's half of what I started with. 
but I knew that made sense. It was the right margin back then to trade the stakes we're looking for and at. Um, but they started with 50 bucks. Wow. So that blew my numbers, the two and a half thousand out of the water. <laughs> Hence, it's 600 bucks now. Is it that's as much as you need to start trading? It really is. Yes. And you're, no, you need 50 grand. Imagine your head, you're not doing it properly. It's wild. When I first um, started, it was, you know, you need a thousand dollars minimum probably to, to get started. But now there's more and more brokers offering, you know, smaller and smaller lot sizes. And you, yeah. I, you hear people that think I had um, one lady on before Sharon, uh, Sherry, sorry, Sherry Locke. She went from a hundred dollars, you know, to seven figures. And, and, you know, my mentor, Teresa, I think she started at $300 and to seven figures and you really don't need it. You just need the the discipline and the mindset and, and that, yeah. that stability. So Moving on into that kind of area, trading really is, uh, I don't know if you agree with this, but 95% mental and mindset and, you know, about 5% of actual trading skill. And I think lots of people, I have this idea that people, you know, they get into trading and they start to learn the skill. And then if your mindset's already there, you can take off really, really quickly. But if it's not, it's a whole nother ballgame that you have to learn. And then it becomes learning yourself and learning how to, you know, how you react and respond and your emotional response to the charts. And that can be, you know, half most of the battle for a lot of people. What was it like for you? What what did did you find any struggles? What was your biggest um like struggle or challenge that you had to face to get to where you are now in your trading? Um, I think the only real challenges I faced are from the outside people. You know, you talk to your friends and your family and you tell them I'm quitting work and I'm gonna do this, and mm -hmm. and everyone thinks you're mad in your head. And you just have to make that decision that, yeah, you're going to be one of those strange people. We like the dark. We like the keyboards. <laughs> this is us. We are among our own people now. We can talk. We can talk about high test bars, low test bars, inside bars, and things like that. And if I yeah. said to someone in, in you know, in, I went to school to pick up my daughter and I said, yeah, there was an inside bar earlier. They'd say, you were inside the bar, but they're not <laughs> open yet. Yeah. You know, it's 10 o'clock, mate. <laughs> real people don't understand us do they the normies they don't <laughs> understand us at all and that's the hard bit i find I, I really thought it was more like 50 50 tech and mindset mm -hmm. and the reason for that came from an old jiu-jitsu instructor of mine years ago and um it, it was it was, a, it was and it, i think it's a famous lecture from someone else and he just threw it at me oh, to yeah. stay calm and act wisely needs a strong head to attack a superior force needs a strong mind both are necessary in equal proportions to remain safe in a battle or on the on the on the, on the mat. Wow. Now, when you look at the charts, what that's not a superior force. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. So you need you need no emotion whatsoever. But I, I think it's 50-50. The mindset for me, it's just emotion. I'm just here to do a job. There's another a great line from a movie, uh, Fury where um, Brad Pitt grabs some guy out of a tank and he says, yeah. you're here to kill him. He's here to kill you. Who's it going to be? That's it. They're there to take your money. You're there to take theirs. How are you going to let it play out? Because it is up to us how it plays out. It really is. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We can't control the charts. All we can control is how we respond to the charts. The same kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. as you said, you can only control your response. And at the end of the day, the chart's going to do what the chart wants to do. I shared my journal with with people in the in the live sessions and they know, you know, in my live sessions where I'm allowed to say I'm taking this trade, mm -hmm. I'm locking in, I'm locking in, I'm coming out there. They know this year so far. OK, it's July. I've taken three losses. Wow. That's not three bad. Losses. Last year, I took four in the whole year. 
And my biggest loss last year was, I think it was eight pips. This year, it's five. I'm on a hey, five pip loss. How are you getting I'll such small losses? Because my biggest win isn't five pips. My biggest win is somewhere like two or three hundred, you know? That's a good ratio, you know, if you're small. Yeah, I'll take that. So <laughs> it really is up to us. And we do have the tools. They are absolutely there. You know, the charts are amazing. You need a primary, a secondary, and a tertiary indicator. Three indicators all the way to the bank, dude. That's it. Wow. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Only three three to four losses. That's 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 impressive. Uh, I'm looking to get to that one point. Let's talk about, so you chat on that, you're journaling. So you journal. Let's talk about a couple of things that I think are extri- like a must-haves for trading. So trading plan, journaling, yeah. understanding like a gate system or risk management. What would you put into this kind of list or category that a business plan. You want a blank or a, a business plan. I share one with my guys. I can give you the copy of that as well if you want. A yep, business sure. plan. It basically has, you know, what you're here to do on one paragraph. How are you going to do it on another? And I think there's five paragraphs or, you know, tabs at the bottom. And on one of them, it literally is, what is your expenditure each month? Mm-hmm. What is your income each month? And it gets you to measure and manage you. In any business, there is no more true sentiment or truth than what gets measured gets managed, including okay. and especially you. So we measure our time and our efforts. That's it. We measure what we spend and what we earn. Bonus. You know, it, it really is the right thing to do. I've got a business plan and I've got a budgeted forecast business plan not just looking at what i've done but what i still intend to do it goes out about another five years yeah you know oh wow yeah so it's that kind of visualization this is what i'm going to get to in five years and it's already planned out you just gotta follow the steps i roll it on i add another year at the end of this year i'll spend a little bit of time over christmas extending it for another year so i'll always be looking five years into the future i love that so you've got a, a business plan which is different from your trading plan yeah yeah. So business plan, trading plan. Uh, tell us a little, about, a little bit about your journaling. What what do you do there? Is it just tracking your trades or do you more emotional? Or These these days, I, I have no emotion whatsoever. None at all. None. Really... It's all gone. I think some someone called me a psychopath not so very long <laughs> ago because we were in a trade together and it was a big hundred pound of paper and we're letting it run. And are you really not feeling anything with this? It's just, we're just, we're in it. It's up. Why, why, what's there to feel? This yeah. is what we're here to do. Like, you know, and uh, he said, you're a psychopath. <laughs> but I think the right word is sociopath. Because yeah. I've no intentions of hurting anybody or anything. But I've no feelings on on many, many things now. I love me kids. I love <laughs> me, me wife. Um, me dog. Yeah, I love me dog. But if suddenly there was no food in the freezer, she's got Ella behind quarters. And have a poison <laughs> pot. Got a barbecue in the back or something like that? It, well, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I'm sorry. If, it's just I've got to be real. I'm very much a realist. That's nice. it. I'm a realist first and foremost. And I think that makes a difference as well. I've lived in, in my youth with nothing, literally not knowing where I was going to sleep that night. Yeah. But if I get out the co-op with the tin of beans that I was nicking for me dinner and stuff, because that's how I supported myself once my sister mm-hmm. left. And before that, she was shop. We shoplifted. That's how we made our food when we were young. Our gotta parents do what you didn't do. do anything. For, you know, that was it. It is what it is. You know, I'll take it on the chin. Um, it's not a good thing. It's not, and I'm proud of, but you survive, don't you? Mm-hmm. You need to survive or, or what, you know, back then in the sixties, what, what are you going to do? Where are you going to yeah. live? How are you going to live? We all fell through the cracks. That's the way it was back then. So, that's... um, yeah, I'm a realist. 
and I've no emotions mindset and strategy 50 50 yeah nice. I don't know if I answered your question there because I, I know I went off topic sorry <laughs> no 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 it's fine I think it's really good to have that also that understanding and that realization that this is where I came from because I think that will make you find a lot more gratitude in where you are now. You know, you've, you've had like, this is what I had to do. This is where I came from, this survival mode. Yeah. And that gives you this kind of realization that, you know, life can be really shit and it can be tough. Yeah. And yeah. so what I've got now is amazing and I'm grateful for it. And, you know, you can really live quite well in that. I mean, I came from Western Australia, Perth, and I think very few people in that part of the world struggle, even though lots of people say they do. Um, and, you know, they complain about a lot of things. And not everyone, there's, you know, there's, ranges for everyone but when you do have that hardship it really does bring out that gratitude and you have that ability to go i don't want to go back there you know i want to keep making it and keep going and keep pushing and help others get out of that because i've experienced what it's like yeah and i think that's a very strong driver you know if it gets tough and i often say this to people who are like on the edge like oh i don't know if this is for me and i'm like well what what's the other option do you want to go back to the office or do you want to go back to, you know, I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't go back to stealing cans now, but you know, do you want to go back, back to that lifestyle? And I think that is something that people can kind of take away a bit and go, right, is yeah. this worth it? I think we were talking about this before, you know, the time spent learning to trade, people spend years at university learning a degree that will maybe get them six figures. You put that same amount of time into trading and you're going to be far better off working 12 hour weeks, you know, yeah. <laughs> at yeah. a much higher figure. So I think the difference for many it shouldn't be, you know, is it for you? Isn't it for you? How can it not be for you? How can the thought, you know, the way some people say, oh, I've got three months salary in the bank. Three months salary isn't a long time. No, you know, not the way things are going. Uh, and some people say, oh, I've got three years salary in the bank. Great. Three years. That's pretty good. Yeah. If, if I stopped in and right now, my wife and my daughter would never have to work in their lives. That's yeah. the way it is for us. And that's because of how I've managed with my trading and even buying the business. I bought mm -hmm. it, I sold it, still trading. Yeah. You know? I think it becomes that. It, it really is an unlimited money money maker. It's an exactly. unlimited source. Yeah. And when you and it's also a skill set. And this is what I love about it, is it's something that people can't take away from you. You yeah. own a business, it shuts down, you know, the banks foreclose, you do all this. But this is a skill set that you've now learned that even if you lost everything, if someone somehow it was all gone, you could be like, right, give me 50 bucks. I can take my gate system. I'll be back on the charts. And yeah. Back That's to it, it, you know, in, in how long. I've said that many times. If anyone, if, if I was to lose it all in the morning, if this wife was to leave me and take everything, mm -hmm. leave me with 50 bucks, I'll be all right. <laughs> I taught my son-in-law to do this. He arrived in, in from South Africa. That's where him and my daughter were living, where, where she was born. Yep. They arrived here in 2017. And it wasn't long. I taught him to trade. It wasn't long before he'd learned. He did well. I made him do the homework because he sat there with me in the office and he did the <laughs> homework. And then about four, maybe five months after they got here, they had enough to get their own place, an apartment. They've recently bought a house and it's a four bedroomed house with three bathrooms. It's a really nice house. I like Lovely. what they've done. They just bought a Range Rover Evoque. I like what they're doing. I didn't like that he bought four motorbikes, but he races them and he's good at it. So it's okay. Passion. Um, yeah, I like that they can do that. They can do that because of what they've been taught to do. You know, yeah. and I, I'm I'm very very pleased for them. It's all it's all on on them on him. It's not because um, well I didn't say look here's fifty thousand bucks go and set yourselves up. I said do it and do it properly from the start and mm -hmm. let me keep an eye on you and make sure you're doing it properly. And he did, and the rest is all on him. Like you know, so I'm really 
really pleased for that. That's awesome. And I, th- I think <laughs> kind of what you touched on there is, you know, trading's, and I talk about this a bit. I actually wrote a, an ebook. It's a very short one, but at the end I, I sp- speak about this and trading's more, it's not, you kind of trade. Yes, you trade to trade because it's fun and you get used to it, but it becomes a vehicle to kind of fulfill any other dream or aspiration that you have. Once you learn trading, you yeah. then have the money and the time to go shoot arrows, to shoot your guns, to drive your four-wheel drives. Like, I want to get my pilot's license. It's on my vision board right here. I want to get my pilot's license. Um, yeah. Things like that become real. And rather than just having a dream of like, oh, one day I'd like this, it's like, well, if I learn to trade, I can do all of those things on that list. And yeah. very quickly, it becomes that vehicle to do whatever you want, really. Exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about it, the freedom. I called it the freedom to say no. Nice. Because, you know, you can be asked to do things and you can, no. Nah. <laughs> don't want uh, to. Don't have but, to. But, but we'll give you this. I don't care. <laughs> you know. Don't need it. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so we spoke about um your biggest challenge, which was other people. And I think that comes, a lot of people say that is that, you know, oh, you're mad. What are you doing? Like, this is never going to work out. And then it does. And they're all like, oh my God, you're right. How do you do this? Um, I spoke about your mantra as in, I choose. This is my responsibility, um, which is great. Do you want to say that whole, the whole thing again? I can't. Well, yeah. I alone chose this path, me. I make this decision. If I'm wrong and there's a price to pay, it's mine alone to pay. I love it. it again, it just gives me a bit of a chill. I think it's very powerful. Um, so on this show, we're trying to like to get a bit of a perspective on success. Like I truly believe it's kind of a state of mind. Um, I feel like identity and belief systems and stuff like that really have a big role to play in your success, you know, in, in entrepreneurship, in business, but also in trading. Um, and I often say that, you know, a trader is only as good as they believe they can be. What would you say, um, to traders, especially, who are finding that struggle of like, oh, I don't know if this is really for me, because I always say this is the place to start. If you don't believe you can do this, then you are correct. I think um, Buddha, Buddha or Confucius yeah. says, whether you truly believe you can or you truly believe you can't, you are correct. So what would be your advice to someone who's kind of sitting in that like not quite believing phase? Very often I've read in many business books, and I, and I do agree with it, that uh, the only thing holding you back is you. Mm-hmm. You you are your limiting factor. You are the thing that holds you back. You are with whom the race is. It's just you. You're racing you. You are your competition. You are your best mentor and you're your biggest idiot and block and everything. <laughs> so you tell yourself that you can and you tell yourself that you will and set your sights on doing it. And I, I learned from early, you know, growing up, I'd see my friends with, oh, look at his dad. I wish I had a dad like him. When I grow up, I'm going to be a dad like him. Yeah. Or, no, he's a better dad. I want to be like him. Never like him. He's that one. No, no, no. And then the more, the different dad. And then I thought, hang on. Why do you have to be one of the dads who live in the street? Oh, you know, and then the Open world it up. <laughs> explodes and you realize you can be whatever you want to be. I still yeah. tell me, little girl, I'm going to be a spaceman when I grow up. Now, it's quite probable that that won't happen. But <laughs> I, I might yet go into space. Once yeah. the war ends, yeah, you can go in, on, in a MiG in Russia. You can go and get on a MiG in, into a MiG in Russia and be taken up into space in a MiG. Um, That's amazing. Expensive. About 10 grand or something to pop. So I might yet do that. But um, I'll have to wait until the war ends and everything, you know. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it. It's definitely on my bucket list. They've got like this new 
I think it's like eco-friendly or something, basically hot air balloon, um, which takes, I think, eight people up and it's like a six-hour trip. It goes up for two hours, you're up there for two hours and you come back down. And that's when I first, I only saw it a few months ago, but I was like, that, I want to do that. And so maybe, who knows, maybe you can go on something like that and you'll be that spaceman that you're talking about. Absolutely. It just doesn't have to have the exact way that you think of the old-fashioned space rockets. It's still space. You really don't have to limit yourself to anything at all. You really don't. You decide who you want to be. You re- decide when you want to be it. And then mm-hmm. you draw a line from here to there and follow the plan. Follow yeah, I love that. It's it, it really is that simple. This is where I am. This is where I want to be. And this is how I'm going to get yeah. there. So this is what I got to do. Yeah. End yeah. of story. I think it comes down to a lot of those limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging. And I was reading in your book um, today that you were talk- mentioning a little bit about self-sabotage. Did you have to deal with any of the limiting beliefs or any kind of self-sabotage that you found? And if you did, how did you get over that? Thankfully, I didn't. I never found that I didn't want it. I usually feel that people feel unworthy or they feel guilt. Well, I grew up in Liverpool. We don't really feel guilt in Liverpool. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was offered, uh, I, I took my wife's card in for uh, new tyres and the guy said to me, you need to put different wheel nuts on because the Volvo one, they always fail. They're no good to you then. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, yeah, but we're going to Liverpool next week, so wait until I get back and I'll do it then. And he looked at me like I was joking. Not joking, going to Liverpool, mate, leave them locking nuts on it. So, <laughs> you know, I know about guilt, but I don't have any. I've got it and they haven't. That's their problem. They could them. have had it. I've got family and friends who <laughs> said, why didn't you tell me about this? Why did I did. But what? But, but well, you didn't want to know. You, didn't, you weren't yeah. interested. It's too late now. That's it. The, the, the ship sailed. You weren't on it. Not interested. Leave me alone. Well, can I borrow it? And you'd be amazed at how many people can, can I? Borrow. Can I just borrow this? I'm going to lose the house if I don't borrow eight thousand pounds off you. Ask someone else. <laughs> Makes sense. Tell I mean... one of your kids. What do I care? And, <laughs> and I know that's sociopathic again, but you'd had the chance. I would have taught you way yeah. back when I was teaching. I would have taught you. I'm not that interested anymore. Yeah, missed missed opportunity, really. It's yeah. funny you, you bring up that psychopath or sociopath because when I was talking to someone, this was more in the network marketing when I was trying to recruit people, uh, which I was pretty bollocks at, but I spoke to someone and he goes, nah, traders, all successful traders are psychopaths. <laughs> That's the end of it. And he just left me at that. And I was like, okay. I mean, I, I disagree, but I can't argue to some extent. <laughs> I, I, w- I wouldn't say psychopath, yeah, but I, more... I would border on saying, okay, sociopath. sociopath. I got issues like, yeah, I don't care. And I don't care. Who I am. Love it or leave it. But, you know, when you look at the state of the world, I was in two war zones so far. And um, so I walked through two wars. And I've seen how people treat people. You know, people talk about heaven and hell. People do worse things to people than hell would ever dream of. You, You think they can come up with something worse than we come up with for ourselves? Not a chance. I think yeah. we're all at some stage or the sociopaths because we watch the news. Yeah. And then we have, we have that, what is it, oil protest, just stop oil. And there they are walking up the street, stopping ambulances and buses and regular everyday people from going about their lives, creating misery and pain. They're probably going to glue themselves to my front door in the morning. That's okay. It's New Gun Day. <laughs> why aren't they gluing themselves and chaining themselves? to the the government buildings because the government is still shipping tanks all over the bloody world and you're saying oh but you driving your jaguar to tesco's is killing people what and that tank's not going to shoot anyone no 
that tanks on diesel, same as me, but he's got a bigger engine and he yeah. can't smoke. Bug it off and bother them. Yeah. You stand in front of a tank? No, get out the sudden way then. And <laughs> and I know that seems harsh, but that's what's real. That's the reality. Yeah, exactly. If these people aren't being real at all. There's no reality in them whatsoever. They've just got this dream. Oh, look at my orange dust. Oh, I'm making a difference. You're not. You're being a pain in the arse. <laughs> You know, that's the reality. The difference would be if you went and glued yourself to a minister's car, because the last time that happened in Ireland, there was notice taken. There was a minister whose car was surrounded and people wouldn't move. You're stopping here until you deal with the issue. And she was locked in a car for like three or four hours. Well, yeah, that's one way to do it. Security detail and she wasn't on her own, but she was stuck in the car for four or five hours listening to people complain. That's how they should complain. <laughs> Not to the likes of you and me on our way to Tesco's for our shopping. Piss yeah. off the leave alone, you know? <laughs> What's me not driving to the shops going to do anything? I mean, it's a start, but it's not really helpful. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so, all like, people need to be realistic. And if that's psychotic, what is it? What did I say? Sociopathic? Then I'm sociopathic. I think I'm a realist, though. That's what I really think I am, a realist. I think it's important to have that kind of realism. I think sometimes the world gets filled with fluff and bollocks and people yeah. being too nice and cautious and yeah. political correctness. And sometimes the truth just needs to be said and people just need to fucking deal with it and just get over yeah. it, really. You, you know, the next time, anyone who's watching this, the next time someone asks you that uh, really deep question, oh, look at this glass. Is it half empty or is it half full? Hey, there's something in it and I've got one. Bugger off. Yeah, it's refillable and usually it's full of beer that's all yeah, i want to know it. about you know, that's what you say there's something in it and i've got one yeah that's the realist approach yeah i think it's true and i think there's always this debate i like the answer it's refillable um because the truth is sometimes you have a shit day and sometimes you are overflowing but yeah. it doesn't fucking matter because it will change and you're not stuck to a ground to anything unless you choose to be like you just said the only reason yeah. you're stuck in a half full half glass is because you can't be asked going to fill it up at the tap. So, yeah. right on your journey from 50 or 5,000 to seven figures, was there a point where you were like, holy shit, this is incredible. I've made it or yeah. It, yeah. That's where I said I shouldn't have bought the business. That was the time I made a dumbass move buying that company. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, wow. I really shouldn't. You know, within two, maybe three years, I realized less than that, maybe within six months, I thought, what a dickhead. <laughs> if I hadn't bought that, I'd have all that money and I'd have kept all my time would have gone into trading because every time I wanted something, oh, I want a new forklift truck. I want a new this. I want a new that. Every time I wanted something new, I brought my laptop into the office and I traded and then I went and bought the something new. <laughs> that was how I was doing things. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> That's how you're doing businesses, trading to buy stuff for your business when you could have just been trading to buy stuff for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> Do you remember no, what you, you spoke about? Obviously, you got the magazine. You were like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then you made a bit of money pretty quick. Did you have like a why behind why you wanted to get into it? Or was it just, this is a cool way to make money and let's see how far it goes? Or were you like, I really want to change. And you had that why that kind of kept you going. Well, no, the, the why initially was that, oh, it's going to cost me a fortune to run my car. I'm going to buy oil and that will help me run. But that was really all it was. I'll yeah. just make extra so I can afford to buy, buy the oil. Because obviously the price at the pump goes up massively, doesn't it, with the rise yeah. in oil. And that was literally the initial motivation. But then when I realized how much, I, you know, five grand profit in a couple hours, that's a lot of oil. 
That's mm-hmm. my fuel bill for ooh, maybe 10 months, I think, uh, as at then. So, mm-hmm. thought, okay, this is a bit ridiculous now. Uh, I can do a lot more with that money. And yeah. I did. And then I suppose from there, again, as you said, don't limit yourself. What else can I get? What what, yeah. what guns and archery can I Every can I time I want something new, I trade for it. I don't draw on savings. I play some trades. I take the extra money and I, I'll buy whatever it is I'm looking for. Yeah, nice. It's a smart way to do it. You actually, we spoke about this. You don't, you're not the one for eight, nine figure trading account, are you? It's kind of like, this is how much I've got. (laughs) This is how much I risk. Tell us a bit about that. Once it's in my bank, it's mine and it's preserved and it's safe. And I know brokers, oh, your money's in a separate account and it's safe and all that. But if they go bang, it's going to take you at least three months, maybe six to get that back. Mm-hmm. So I like to withdraw and I keep in my broker account only enough to cover my maximum stake plus a half, a little bit of margin in case I do slip back. That's it. And then every day, one, maybe two withdrawals and every day it's in my bank, not theirs. Yeah. Wow. It's definitely, I mean, it kind of makes sense in a, I mean, if you're using the maximum lot size or your maximum lot size, let's say, if you don't want to grow to, once you've hit that maximum lot size, anything over that's kind of really pointless. You just need yeah. enough yeah. capital to look after the maximum lot. And it's safe in my bank. Some of these brokers now are all going offshore with the margins thing. So they're in, um, yeah, they're regulated, but they're in countries where they could disappear. Cyprus, the Bahamas and places like that. They could disappear. And just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to take my money. So I never understand it when someone says, I'm trading an account worth this much, unless they're a hedge fund with 2 million in it, okay. But if you're just a retail trader like you and me, I don't understand the point of building an account up to, you know, 100,000 even, never mind a million. Keep withdrawing, keep the money in your savings bank account. It's yours, it's safe, it's in the bank. Yeah, I mean, mean, it makes sense again. Like anything over the max lot size to me doesn't really change much of your account does it so we talked a bit about self-sabotage and um negative self-talk and stuff and you were saying you're quite lucky you didn't really have much of that was there any other aspect so we talked a bit about journaling and i think um we kind of diverted from this but is your journaling so you got your trading plan you got your business plan and you got your journal and your gate system um when you journal do you journal just like the trades or do you what what, how do you how do you journal shall we say these days only the trades I literally have, and I'll open up the journal here, file, journal of trades. All I record on it is the time of entry, Mm -hmm. the market I was trading, whether it was a buy or sell, the stop loss I used, the target I had, and the pips I took from it. That's it. That's literally all I have on it nowadays. I used to have another, um, like a wide... Uh, what's that called column Column. for notes as in how did you feel what was good what was bad did you meet all the rules but now these days if i don't feel just normal flat bored i'm not trading so that's pointless writing that i'm gonna what i'm gonna copy paste board board board. board, (laughs) board, don't think so um uh, so yeah that's all i need on my journal these days it's interesting you use that word um because i think a lot of people don't become successful because boredom gets in the way. And I think when you get to a certain level, yes, when you get into trading at the start, it's exciting. It's fun. You're winning money, like all this sort of stuff. These emotions do come up, but we want to try and reduce that as much as we can because those emotions are what's going to make us not grow. But then I think it gets to a certain point where you realize that the boredom 
the continuous monotonous rule trait rule following that is the same all the time does get boring but that's what actually makes the money so we kind of have to get to that boredom stage to have that continuous success without the emotion and i think boredom is kind of a target place it's like let's get bored with this because then i'm not going to get fluctuated by my emotions and i'm not going to get manipulated by the charts boredom is very good there's an old curse, isn't there? And it says, may you live in interesting times. And it's a curse because interesting times are times of war and famine and plague. If you read in history, the only interesting times were war and famine and plague. So wow. when you're bored, you're not living in interesting times. This is good. The, the, <laughs> the excitement can come later. Draw the money. Go up in that balloon. Buy the next car you want. Go gun range. Go and enjoy yourself. That's where the excitement comes in. If you if you feel you need excitement, do one thing every day that scares you. If you're scared of spiders, it's dead easy. Find a spider web and pick up the spider. <laughs> Hold it in your hand every single day. Obviously not a black widow, but a regular little house spider or something and pick up a bigger one until, you, you know, okay, that's too big. You've had your rush up, yeah? Okay, put it down and now go trade. Sit on the chart. That's the difference. <laughs> That's true. I, I think if, you, yeah. if you're doing trading for the rush, you're definitely in it for the wrong reason and it's probably going to yeah. be a really hard road to success for you. That's it. Go get your little spike elsewhere and then come back to it. That's if that's yeah. what you need, if you need that spike. So I got a few um, like quick fire questions to wrap things up and then a couple of questions which I ask everyone um, just to get the brain working. But before we get into that, this is more a personal thing. Can you tell me a little bit more about your... I, I watched a, a bit of your you know live sessions because that's where I started. But I'm just fascinated with your style of kind of trading because you you talk about only like two three four pips loss and then making eight ten fifteen pips like what is your kind of target and stop loss and you know with spreads on us 30 being like one to two points how do you manage to get such small well losses? i've got a pro account of three pro accounts mm-hmm. and my spreads and the biggest spread is one pip okay usually nice. it's 0.6 0.8 you know, I do get less, but it's a pro account. So, you know, that's, that's going to be the case. Yeah. Um, that's the spreads issue de- dealt with the, the margins and targets. NAS would be my favorite market. It moves nicely. I don't know. Do you know about the Todds? The Todd? No, I don't know about okay, that. Okay. We, we, I've developed or I've released the information recently about Todds. Todd stands for time of day. Okay. And uh, throughout the week, we have as at now about 60 Todds during the week. That's like 12 per day. But Thursday is quite an intense day for it. So there isn't really 12 every day. But thereabouts, it it averages out. So the people who say I always get caught out in range, I say, well, do you know about the Todds? Yeah. Why weren't you trading then? So because there's a London open breakout, there's the Dow open, there's the NAS open, there's the NAS reversal, there's the NAS reversal reversal. Then there's the Dow reversal and the, oh, eight o'clock, bugger, 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 bugger. Uh, there's the Dow now. There's a Todd around now on the Dow, and uh, I wasn't going to trade it anyway. I was only going to watch it. All right. But th- this stuff happens every week, every day, every week. They're there all the time. When you know it's going to happen, why aren't you just there at the charts when it's happening? Oh my God! It it's take off. so pretty. When you know it's going to happen, <laughs> and then it happens. It's like um, yeah, music to the ears. But, yeah. So what? So this Todd's? Did you? Is it like a, a list of times that you have for certain trades or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I, I keep on my phone here. Um, 
there's there's notes trading where's it notes i'll open it up if i can get in notes 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 there you go trading plan and notes i don't know if you can see probably not it's too not bright, bright isn't it but down there there's a list of 16 but some of them are daily let's see one uh, two three four five six seven eight a daily so that's five eight to 40 41 42 43 42 Four, forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven, forty-seven. Okay, so it's not twelve a week, twelve a day then. But there's I thought it was more for some reason. I've missed one. Some another one of these must be daily because there were fifty-nine last count, which is close enough to sixty uh, yep. tods uh, a, a week. And one of them's kicked off there one, two, three, four minutes ago, and already it would be offering you. Okay, only about twenty pips. But hey, they're your pips. That's not bad. That's that's almost that's enough. It. That's half a gate. <laughs> I have a target of about 50 pips in a day. Mm -hmm. uh, I do have a maximum daily allowance for a loss, and it's 15, but I haven't hit it in the last few years. I've never had a 15-pip loss. <laughs> wow. I'm so sorry. But the okay. uh, now everyone in my group who trades that Todd right now will be doing what I'm doing. You know, that's it's really nice to see. And I'm <laughs> glad I looked at the clock and yeah. the chart. It worked out well. So... Is there a chance I can get a list of the, the Todds as well in the in the other bits of information you're sending? You see, the Todds with great power comes great responsibility, <laughs> doesn't it? That's There's fair. a little bit more to the Todds than just that there is a move then. You need to know it might be a little bit late. It might be a little bit early. So you need all your usual suspects. Mm -hmm. So I'll share it with you, but I'd yep. like you to keep it to you. Of course. Um, because it needs responsibility. If someone's efficient and effective, they'll understand that this is a time to look for a particular direction, a particular move. It's a down on the Dow now, and there it is. And then it'll be followed by a little bit, and then an up. It's the way it goes. Um, a couple of Thursdays ago, it was a beautiful butterfly, and that it got added to the Todd's good and proper then, like. Oh, nice. Perfect. Well, um. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, keep that keep that to myself and very grateful for having access. Cool. Um, it's just that some beginners will think it's the be-all and end-all, but you need course. to put some effort into it, like, you know? Yeah, I totally understand that. There's definitely different levels of, of stages you can get information and utilize yeah. it before it just confuses you and turns it against kind of conflicting exactly. ideas. Yeah. Um, just one thing I want to touch on, which was, I think we spoke about last time, which I did love. You've got a few strategies and, you know, you teach a lot. Um, and then you had an instance where you had you had sold one of your strategies, and uh, yeah. the partner didn't didn't really play their half of the game. Do you want to just discuss that little story briefly? Yeah, I think it's great. Well, it wasn't wasn't so much a partner as a, a company. I'll name and shame them. I don't mind. A company <laughs> called it. Trend Signal in London, and um, I sold them what what is known as the Dynamic Edge with with um, IM. It was called the DT two with them for mm -hmm. Dynamic Trader two. And they bought it, and they were supposed to pay £4,000 for it. They sell it at £4,000 a pop to individuals. And wow. that is like, okay, if you, your son wants one and your dad wants one, it's three licenses or two licenses, it's one each, even you're in the same house. Wow. I think that's a bit over the top, like, you know. But uh, they only ever paid me half. They only ever gave me 2000 And they didn't like that I was teaching uh, people about the um, MACD and divergence and how it can help you with these 
proper combos and things like that. They There was a lot of things they didn't like. That's complicated for some of our older members. Well, they need to wrap their head around it if they really want to do well at this. They want yeah. it for a pension, I assume. They need to know. Yeah. And they, they were always accusing me of discretionary trading. And I said, that's just because you don't understand the rules. There are <laughs> rules and you haven't got them. That's it. You really don't understand, do you? And I'm very disappointed in that. So we fell out and I stopped working with them. Um, and then I shared the strategy on the, um, what's it, babypips.com, Forex Strategies Revealed. I gave it to IM. I give it away to anybody, basically, who wants it. Um, nice. uh, with all the settings and everything, no problem, you know. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I mean, it, you it's know. just as a kind of an in-your-face to them for, 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 for not doing the right thing with it, like. Yeah, I mean, be a good human. It's a pretty, pretty simple aspect of life, right? If someone's going to make an agreement, then just hold up your part. Yeah. All right, let's let's fire away with some of these short answers kind of kind of questions, and then we'll get into the final two questions. So, okay. what was one of the hardest things you had to overcome as a trader? Do you think? Only the doubt from other people. Yeah. Just yeah. that, and I got over it by not telling them anymore. When people now who ask me, you know, if I meet someone and we become friends, what do you do for a living? I do as little as possible in the morning, and then I slacken off in the afternoon. <laughs> that's a great response <laughs> basically two-fifths of bugger all um what was one thing you wish you were told or knew when you first started trading i wish i'd gotten into charts earlier yep i le I learned the camarilla stuff and the equation and i used an excel spreadsheet to calculate where price might be where the range was buy here sell there and that was the range and i drilled down so instead of using the daily i took the last four hour close bar open high low close the last one hour bar high open high low close to give me what to do in the next 15 minutes boom and that was working very very well but i wish i'd gotten more on charting earlier I'd done probably a lot more than I did, you know, and I made enough, but I would have made more in them early days. Yeah, right. I think that's a whole new world of trading compared to what I've ever known, the initial system. I've only ever known charts. For sure. What was one message? What is one message or lesson you wish you could just implant into those new students that are learning? Discipline. Discipline. Do you have a way of teaching that? Because I think discipline is very important, but very hard to teach. Yeah. I have here this metal ruler, it's metal. Mm -hmm. And what I'd like to be able to do is hold it by the skinny end and say, you know when someone's got a hand on a mouse? Mm -hmm. I remember being on a session once and like, you know that noise MT4 makes when it goes whap and you've taken yeah. a trade. You just gone into a trade there, haven't you? Yeah, it isn't a signal yet. Yeah, but you said it's gonna go, yeah, but not yet. <laughs> and it went down before it went up. And I said, if I was sat beside you now, I'd go whack across the back of your hand with that ruler. So yeah. see, <laughs> I'm not going to kill you. One, two. You're going to remember the lesson. I mean, that, okay, that's a good discipline technique if you've got someone beside you who's, who's got control. But do you have one for people who, you know, they just, they, maybe a self-disciplinary lesson? Because yes. I think it's difficult. Yes. Here's the, here's the question. It's a question, really. Do you want the money in your bank account or do you want to gamble it away okay make your choice because discipline is the difference interesting you're not on a roulette wheel here you're not letting it spin and picking black or red you're not doing that you're counting cards of blackjack so choose wisely count properly and be disciplined about it you won't be disappointed yeah i think that's really important i think that comes down to that accepting like really accepting the risk and realizing what you're doing i've actually got on my desk 
um, a $200 euro bill and a picture of my lovely wife and brand new baby boy. And uh, I have it on one side. And every time I take a trade, I have to pick it up, look at it and realize, am I willing to give this away on this chart? And would my wife and baby be happy that I'm doing that? And if I can say yes, I can put it down here and click the button. If I can't, I put it back and I, I move on. On my, bad, on my bad days, this goes under the journal and then I trade really horribly. But on my good days, it comes out <laughs> and I look at it and that's the discipline that I need. Yeah, you need reason as well. One of the things I, I say, have reason to enter the trade. If mm -hmm. there's no reason, don't enter. It's got to be a proper valid signal, reaching the proper score and everything, you know, otherwise leave it alone. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. <laughs> so what was one of the biggest life lessons you think you got from trading? Because I think they're really relatable. You learn a lot about yourself while trading. What was your biggest life lesson? Um, I suppose way, way back. When was that? When was that? I think in 2010. Um, it was 2010. I remember it was, it was the year Cashin and I got married. And we Lovely. were staying. I used to have a suite at the Hilton in Liverpool, and we were staying there. And there was some kind of awards on. I didn't know there was some kind of awards on, but we went there and we booked, and we had our, our suite supposed to be ready anyway. I don't care what's going on; my suite should be ready. And we mm -hmm. got there, and there's this red carpet and lots of policemen and women and stuff. And uh, a policewoman stopped us and says, uh, "You can't go in here." I said, I have a suite here. I'm going in. This is where I'm sleeping. It's late. I'm going to bed. And the, the policewoman was like, no. And then <laughs> from the door, this gentleman in a bow tie came legging it along the red carpet. Mr. Leo, Mr. Leo, it's good to see you. He's, he's coming in. He can come in. <laughs> and we got ushered in. And as we got near the door, this little kid said to me, when I say little kid, he was small. He maybe yeah. in his teens or something, 15, 18, I don't know. And he said, I'll give you 50 quid if you get me in. And <laughs> regretfully... And it is regretfully, I said, oh, piss off, kid. I'd buy and sell you. Yeah. And I walked past him. And the minute I got in the door, I thought, oh, God, who do you think you are? Like, really? Yeah. Now, this is where I grew up, and that's what I'm going to say to them. No, no. Yeah. I felt bad. I didn't go back out to him because there was lots of police and stuff, and obviously there was something going on that yeah. I certainly didn't want to know about. But I did feel bad about it. And it did change my views. And I decided I was no longer going to be an asshole just because I had money. And I stopped yeah. being an asshole. I'd like to think anyway, <laughs> yeah. I stopped being an asshole. I'm sure there are many people, including my wife, who disagree. <laughs> and you're always going to have those who agree and disagree, right? you got yeah. to know a few people if you want to do things right. Yeah, I think some of the people I mentor sometimes would, would disagree. <laughs> so I'm assuming once you get to a certain level, uh, when you're first learning to trade, it's all exciting growth, but then you get to a certain dollar amount and you realize that you kind of have financial freedom. Where does your mind go to after that? What kind of goals or ambitions or what? where does your focus go to? Because money is no longer really an issue for you. No, I always have a, a, a an interest in business. I've been interested in business since. You know, mm -hmm. I like The Apprentice. I follow Lord Sugar's Apprentice and I, I watch it religiously. Um, and I, I have been, if you like, a... Uh, you could say Dragon's Den kind of character or yep. an, an investor. And I've invested in a few businesses mm. and, and the people, you know, to support. But I want to see a return on that. And it's not given lightly. It's that I will come after you if you just disappear with it. And I won't come after you with anything other than a shovel and a, and a, a chicken wire and a, and a boat. You know, <laughs> um, you'll go missing if that goes missing. But yeah. do it properly, run your business properly. And let's both profit from this. And I'm happy to support you and help you. So I do that a bit. 
And then yeah, I just enjoy it. I, I go shopping for, for kittens for the you know, I, I like Jaguar, I'm not into these Ferraris and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You can get in, you can't get back out. So anyone <laughs> sitting in a Ferrari, especially if he's as old as me or older, he's not getting out of that on his own. That's the way it is. <laughs> so I like a nice, comfortable car that I can get in and out of. And yet I want the seat to be cooled as well as heated. I want the steering wheel to be heated. Nice. Uh, things like that, because we have cold winters here. Yeah, uh, true. So I want me creature comforts basically, uh, but they're available. So I'm happy with that. Nice. So kind of a, a venture capitalist in a sense, trying to find those businesses and invest. And good to know. I uh, I actually yeah. have a plan. I want to use my trading to gain capital because um, I like tiny homes and environmentally friendly kind of living and stuff like that. And I'd actually like to build a business based around that and kind of expand and disrupt a little bit of the the living lifestyle and and the re- residential. Um, sector shall we say so maybe a few years down the track when that's in business i can come to you and we can have a look at investments we have a chat (laughs) perfect sounds great all right what would be the one thing and this is probably an interesting question for you this is one of the last two questions that i have for you what would be the one thing that i usually say you'd go back and tell your 17 year old self but you started out pretty early you were eight years and and kind of on the tracks already so what would be one bit of advice you'd maybe go back and tell your little eight-year-old self um Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was, I mean, I grew up in Liverpool. I did all the right things. I stayed away from drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't finish school. I quit and I, I did work early. I, I would tell my eight-year-old self to don't bother with university at all. The whole accounting thing, I became an accountant after three months. That's the reality. I did a three-month course and then I went somewhere where they needed an accountant, well, a casino accountant, okay, but they had a, a brain drain and a, a skill set shortage, wasn't fully qualified, got the job, qualified by experience, and yeah, nice. I earned money all the time, all along the way. Uh, the people who go to university, they end up leaving it with debts, yeah. uh, I think. Yeah, they have a blast, they have beers and stuff like that, but someone has to support that, and it's usually not them. So yeah. um, I, I would say to my eight-year-old self, rely on you, James, because you can trust you. Yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah, definitely. I was, I was a university student. I went there. I mean, I spent eight years doing a four-year degree because I had to work part-time and, and study, um, but the only help I got was from the government. The government pays out university debt. So I left university with a big beer belly, um, a hundred thousand dollar debt. I got into a career that I didn't really follow for much more than six months, but I did learn how to learn. And that was a very impactful thing. I learned how to learn myself, which I, that, that's the one takeaway I've definitely got from uni, university and having an engineering degree kind of gives you that bit of uh, courage and a good fallback. It's got like, ah, oh, well, at the end of the day, I do have this degree I can, you know, fall back onto. Yeah. So, but I do I, I learned definitely to learn agree. Doing that accounting thing, I met a guy named Roy. He was the maths teacher. We had a board and maths teacher in Liverpool. I copied all these fifty examples, and when you're bored stiff, we'll think no. But Roy, he would he'd be writing with his right hand on a whiteboard with a cokey pen, and then yeah. he'd swap hands and carry on writing while he was explaining it, and he's still looking over there. And oh, after wow. he'd written down the formula, he'd say, so that's the formula for compound depreciation. And for those of you with a scientific calculator, it's this button. Bloody hell. Why we didn't <laughs> have him when I was at school, I don't know. But I got Wild. 100% in my maths because of him. He taught me to learn and he taught me to teach. Oh, that's awesome. Brilliant, that man. Yeah, I think, I think once you learn something, take information and then if you can teach it, then you've definitely learned it. I find that teaching really helps me 
understand the things I've learned. And if I think I can teach something I can't, I better go back and learn that thing again. Yeah. Powerful. Okay. Last question, basically just to get the brain working that I think stumps a lot of people, but if you could have the answer to any question in the whole world, the whole truth to any question, what would that question be? What's next? What's next? You want to know like after life or for you right now? Yeah, no, to what's next. I, I've been curious about it for a while. I don't have a death wish by any means. I don't believe in deities and things like that. I'm kind of torn between lots of nothing and energy as a choice after, nice. after here. But that would be it. I, I, I have no other questions. Sorry, my dog's charging up and down. Um, I, I've not, there's not an I want answered. I don't care that all, all the questions that you really want, why do we have wars? Why this? Why can't this end? Why can't we have peace? Why can't we have no oil? Why can't, it's stupid. All of those answers, the answers is we can. We yeah. can have all of those things, but we don't want them. If you follow the money, the money wants to spend it on the things that you don't want. Yeah. You protesting in the street about oil yeah now everything behind you is using more fuel thanks for that everyone's going to be late for work and be docked pay it'll save the company some money they'll have to work overtime to make it up thanks for that you're really helping the wheel go round with your little protest there thanks for that and the wars <laughs> yeah how else are we going to sell guns and bullets you know i can only use so many i'll yeah. go through maybe a thousand a week that's not that many bullets not you know but in a war they're going to use that in a couple of minutes aren't they so oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so true all right james leon i am honestly so grateful for your time i've had a great time here um it's been great to pick your brain is there anywhere that you want to let people know that they can find you? I don't know if you're open to teaching anymore or if people want to get a hold of you for that kind of thing or if it's it's the teachings down to your small group, but where can people find you if you want that? And I just do it. You, you find me on social media if you want to find me. I am on it. I'm not hiding or anything. My name's <laughs> James Leone. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm not hiding from anyone. I am a bit selective about who I teach these days, if I'm still going to teach anyone um but yeah everyone still gets a course and they get mentorship and they get on my live sessions anyone who joins you know i still work for a couple of other places as well uh, outside of that as i say work for i work with uh mm. with them and uh, the one thing i would like to add yep i may uh forward i should have said forward at the beginning uh, and the four words are i'm really really sorry and uh, and i say that because Sometimes some of the things I say are said back to me and I think, oh, my God, did he have the cheek to say that? How offensive. <laughs> and I know I, I, I am outspoken. I can be I can come across as offensive and stuff like that. I apologize. I grew up in Liverpool with nothing. I swear like a trooper. I was a soldier for many years as a youngster. So I didn't have the best guidance. Even my foster mum swears like a trooper. We're from Liverpool. So I apologize if I've offended you. And I mean that sincerely. If I've helped you in any way, shape, or form, that's great. Brilliant. I think you're far from offending. I I, I swear quite a lot, and I, I try to hold it back, but I think you did a very good job in this episode. We hardly dropped any words, and uh, I think sometimes people need to be offended to hear the truth, so don't yeah. even worry about it. I like to be as open, raw, and real as I can on these shows, and this chat today has been absolutely magnificent. So thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, thanks. Away? I'm very happy. Thank you that you'd included me, and I, I hope it helps people. Thank you.
Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, you know, you met your mentors and people you were really happy to see and catch up with. This is the same kind of experience for me, for me to sit here and have this conversation with you, someone who has taught me, someone who has guided me into my uh, trading journey and into my trading plan and stuff like that. It's actually a real honor to be to be spending this time with you today. So thanks again. Many thanks. Much appreciated that. Thank you. All right. With that, we will end the show here. Cool. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.